Welcome to Sunday School Dropouts, the podcast where an ex-Christian and a non-believing sort of Jew read all the way through the Bible for the first time. I'm Lauren O'Neill. And I'm Nico Bakulich. And let's get biblical. You got it. First, before we do, I'm the ex-Christian. I was raised Presbyterian. I'm now an atheist. And I'm the non-believing sort of Jew. Also, this is not a Christian Bible study podcast. And it's not appropriate for children because we do a bunch of swearing and also discuss violence and sex, which is not our fault. It's just in the Bible. I'm reading the NIV or New International Version of the Bible. And I'm reading the NRSV or New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. Due to ongoing scheduling fuckery, we are once again recording in the daylight, sober as church mice. And I gotta say, the studio looks horrible. <laughs> it's... It's a really grim place when you haven't had a drink is, or two. It is the afternoon. Like, mm-hmm. we, if we could technically kind of pull off drinking, but I have a therapy appointment after this. <laughs> I feel like it would be bad form to go to therapy drunk. <laughs> like, my therapist would be like, Bad form. This explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, today we are back to the canonical Bible, and we're talking about the book of Jude. And just up front, real quick, we want to say this is the second to last book of the Bible, and next week we'll be doing the last book, and then the Bible will be over, but this podcast will not be. Yes. Programming note, the show ain't ending yet. We've already got awesome stuff lined up for the third season. Oh, so much content. We've got... So much content. A cool little mini season in mm-hmm. between planned, and um, so don't worry your pretty little heads. We're still going to be yammering about the Bible Mm -hmm. into your ears. So let's get into the book of Jude, shall we? Yes. I'm going to start off with some fast facts. Okay. I know this is like a big departure. Yeah, I mean, it it is deeply upsetting to me. I understand. And yet I will forge ahead. Um, The epistle of Jude. It is another very short epistle. Only one chapter, 25 verses. And something interesting about it is that it refers back to a lot of other Bible stories and some non-Bible stories. Mm. So we're actually going to do something slightly different. I'm actually not really going to do fast facts. I take back all that stuff that I said earlier. Um, so you upset me for nothing. Yes. Now what we're going to do is we're we're going to just read the book in its entirety. But as we go, I'm going to stop and quiz Nico to see if he gets these allusions. Mm. Allusions, Michael. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get them, I'll explain them. And if you do get them, you'll explain them. Those are those are the only stakes? <laughs> oh, yeah. You and you'll like owe me a, a million wager? dollars. Yeah. Oh, no. I, I mean, didn't need to take it to extremes. Um, so we can make fast it fun. facts are going to be kind of spread out uh, atop as a as a layer of margarine mm-hmm. atop our podcast bread. Spread out as so much soured cream. <laughs> so, uh, verse one. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. To those who have been called, who are loved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ, mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. Question. Who are Jude and James? Uh, so, there are Two Jameses. Is, kind of. There's Keep like going. there's like James the Just. Uh-huh. And he's he's Jesus' brother. Yes. And one of the apostles. No. Well, that's a different James. There's there's actually three Jameses. Three Jameses. Okay. There are two Judes then, right? Yes. 
But they might be the same person. There's actually three Judes. Fuck. <laughs> okay, well, I know... <laughs> like, I, you're like, there are actually two Judes. I'm like, yes, wrong. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> you didn't get it. Um, so, this book is traditionally... They're both Jesus' brothers. Yes. Traditionally said to be written by Jude, brother of James, by which they mean James, brother of Jesus. But then why don't they just say Jude, brother of Jesus? Mm-hmm. Right? So... Well, as, isn't that... Isn't that... Couldn't that be due to people like writing and rewriting the actual story of Jesus's family as the like virgin myth came into effect? Yes. And it probably is. Okay. Um, as we mentioned in our gospel of Judas episode, Jude, which is also rendered as Judah or Judas was a very popular Jewish name at the time. You know, it's one of the 12 tribes of Israel. It was the name of one of the kingdoms. And uh, by this point it means Jewish. It's where we get the words Jew, Jewish Judaism. Um, and so Two of the disciples are named Judas. One is called Jude, or sometimes he'll be called Judas, but the other one's called Judas Iscariot to mm-hmm. distinguish him. Um, and then two disciples are also named James. And then Jesus also has a brother named Judas and a brother named James. Okay. Um, so when this epistle starts out by saying it was written by Jude, brother of James, it could mean like anything. And... It wasn't even written by those people. Like it was written, right. you know, yeah. after they were all dead, probably around the year 100. Um, and to shoehorn some more fast facts in, uh, like the rest of the New Testament, it's written in Greek. And actually, the fluency and literary style of the Greek is one way you know it wasn't actually written by Jesus's brother, who would have been, you know, like an illiterate peasant. Um, but it does pretty make... harsh burn on him. I mean, like, <laughs> that's... You, I mean, you do go around every day calling people calling illiterate, people illiterate peasants. Yeah, that's true. It's a term of endearment for me. Um, it is a little easier to read, though, than, say, the Pauline epistles. It's true. It, it does. I mean, it, it's very short, but the sentences are nicely constructed. Yes. Um, now, I know the NRSV does not have the, like, uh, section titles, mm-hmm. but the next section in the NIV is titled The Sin and Doom of Ungodly People. Okay. And uh, it goes like this. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. For certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. Nico, who are these ungodly people? The ungodly people who have slipped in and perverted the... Grace of our God? Grace of our God. Yeah. Uh, I mean, are they Gnostics? I mean, they're something like Gnostics. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like, like most epistles, this one is written to tell churches, here's the official line... Don't listen to any Gnostics or Martianites or mm-hmm. whatever. Just listen to me, the person writing this letter, mm-hmm. and everything I say is directly from Jesus. Um, and of course, there are plenty of texts from the other sides of those debates, but they've mostly been lost to history and actively destroyed. Mm-hmm. Back to Jude. Though you already know this, I want to remind you that the Lord at one time delivered his people out of Egypt, but later destroyed those who did not believe. First of all, Jude. Thank you for not condescending to your readers and assuming they already know everything that you're saying. Second, Nico, what happened to those who made it out of Egypt uh, but were destroyed for not believing? Those who made it out of Egypt but were destroyed for not believing. Made it out of Egypt but didn't make it to the promised land. Right. Do you remember anything about what happened 
to such people. Uh, well, let's see. Made it out of Egypt, but didn't make it to the promised land. So, I mean, Moses made it out of the, made it out of Egypt, but did not make it to the promised land. And why not? Um, because he was arrogant <laughs> before God at some point. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Do you remember how? He split the stone, and instead of saying... God has provided water. He said, I have provided water. Something like that. Yeah. He he hit a rock with a staff incorrectly. Right. Uh, or with a little attitude <laughs> with his little that God sassy. didn't appreciate. What else? Um, there were some, you know, I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah. So few people were, uh, you might remember worshiping the golden calf when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments. Oh, that's a good point. Um, and Wasn't it everybody, though? Um, no, it was like thousands of people, though. Yeah, but didn't Moses' brother get let in even though he, he didn't orchestrated get, that whole thing? He was like, he like washed his hands of it. He was like, this isn't my fault. You but, know how these people are. You turn your back on them for one second, they build a golden calf. They start worshiping it. But it's totally his fault, right? I mean, he was in charge. Yeah. Yeah. It was dereliction of duty, I would mm-hmm. say. I mean, Moses wasn't even up there for that long. <laughs> and somehow they figured out like metallurgy. Um, so yeah, those people all died. They were murdered by <laughs> Levites. The Levites had to kill them all. Oh, right. Um, right, right. There's also, uh, some people who tried to rebel against Moses, you know, during the, the 40 year wandering, they mm-hmm. got sick of it and they were struck down with the plague. Again, that was supposed to be like 14,000 people. Right. I remember the plagues too now. Um, some sinners were killed by fiery flying serpents. That was a good one. Uh, of course, two of Aaron's sons lit the incense wrong. That was during the exile? I had forgotten that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And uh, God torched them appropriately. You Rough know, time. You light the fire wrong, you die by the fire. Uh, their, 40 yeah. years, their 40 years in the desert was, honestly, sounds pretty unpleasant. It was. <laughs> it certainly was. In any case, uh, Jude's point is, hey, you could be among the chosen people. But you can still fuck up. But you up. could still get fucked. You still gotta, yeah, you still gotta watch out. Mm-hmm. Constant vigilance. Okay. Uh, back to Jude. He says, And the angels who did not keep their positions of authority but abandoned their proper dwelling, these he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting change for judgment on the great day. Who are those angels? So those are the apocryphal evil fuck angels. Ding, 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 ding. Evil fuck angels. Ching, ching, ching. Bwah, bwah, bwah. What are the evil fuck angels? I should have never given you a soundboard. <laughs> um, f- f- fuck angels. Fuck angels. <laughs> uh, those were according to Enoch, the book of Enoch, which is only canonical to the Ethiopian church. Correct. Um, the angels that came down and taught humanity everything evil. Yes. And also had sex with them. Well, you have to, to teach somebody about love. <laughs> they couldn't complete their education mm-hmm. until they learned the ways of love. That's right. Um, but once God figured out what they were doing, he threw them all into uh, an endless pit to wait for Judgment Day. Yes. Back to Jude. Simple. It's simple. Really. <laughs> it's really, it's elementary. In a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. They serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. What happened at Sodom and Gomorrah? Oh, that's easy, baby. That's easy. Soft candy. <laughs> uh, Sodom and Gomorrah were bad places full of naughty people. Um, 
two angels were sent to uh, check the town out, see if there was anything worth redeeming there. Yeah. Uh, Lot took them in, and then the crowd wanted to have sex with the angels so bad that they almost burned down the house, but then Lot sent out his virgin daughters to the crowd instead. Um, They didn't want that. They weren't appeased, so the angels destroyed... That was all in Sodom, and I guess Gomorrah is like... It was just like same deal next door. <laughs> I guess it's like a suburb, you know. Yeah. Like, well, everybody comes into Sodom from Gomorrah. So. <laughs> it's like sick of these bridge and tunnel yeah. Gomorrans. Yeah. Anyway, they both get uh, torched with a flaming sword. And then Lot thinks it's the end of the world and has sex with his daughter. Yeah. Also, his wife, of course, turned turned back to look and turned mm-hmm. to pull her salt. And Lot, of course, is Abraham's nephew. And I think that's pretty much all the trivia we've got. Um, so basically, Jude is saying... Remember all these bozos who fucked up. Watch out for evil dudes mm-hmm. that are leading you astray. Mm-hmm. You can still fuck up. Now, I know you thought that was soft candy, so I'm going to give you some harder candy now. Okay. I'm going to give you a jawbreaker, baby. That's the hardest candy that there is. In the very same way, on the strength of their dreams, these ungodly people pollute their own bodies, reject authority, and heap abuse on celestial beings. But even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, did not himself dare to condemn him for slander, but said, The Lord rebuke you. Yet these people slander whatever they do not understand, and the very things they do understand by instinct, as irrational animals do, will destroy them. What is Jude talking about here? He's talking about a story that's not in the canonical Bible, and it's not in any of the apocryphons that we've read. Correct. It's in uh, the... uh, Death of Moses or something like that? The uh, It has a couple names. The Assumption of Moses, Assumption. the Testament of Moses, or the Apocalypse of Moses. Apocalypse I, I of see Moses. You, you did some research. Maybe. I am on a podcast. Um, do you know what happens in that text? I have no idea. So actually, even in the text that we have, this doesn't happen in it. Mm-hmm. But we do have um, church fathers writing about what's in this text, and they describe this dispute over Moses' body, mm-hmm. but we don't have like... The original text and we don't know what's up with it um but i guess it's it's something to do with you know as we mentioned earlier moses did not make it to the promised land he died within view of it mm-hmm. across the border and apparently according to this folktale satan tried to take his body for some sort of nefarious purposes mm-hmm. um and the archangel michael had to like fend satan off and leave the body there on Sounds top like of the they, mountain. they engaged in a battle of words or possibly wits. Yes. Um, and Sounds like a classic folktale setup, honestly. Uh, yeah. And then Satan is trying to do these like uh, these little like he's trying to get in through some loopholes. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, you know, everything that's like base and worldly belongs to me. That's right. my realm. So that's like a dead body. And then Michael's like, no, 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 that doesn't count. That's that's a whole different thing. Um, but I don't get what the deal is with slander. I, so, like, Michael didn't even accuse the devil of slander. He just said, the Lord rebuke you. Yet, these wicked Gnostics or Martianites or whatever kind of heretic they are still use slander. I don't get how that follows. Mm-hmm. It, I don't get it. Um, it's a way of saying the heretics are worse than the devil. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I think. I don't know. S- something like that. I mean, it's definitely insulting the heretics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we've got Very insulting to heretics. Sorry, heretic- to, so, to, sorry to all our heretic listeners, which is like all of them. Um, okay. Back to the text. Woe to them. They have taken the way of Cain. They have rushed for profit into Balaam's error. They have been destroyed in Korah's rebellion. What are 
The Way of Cain, Balaam's Error, and Korah's Rebellion. All right, I can do two of these. Okay. The Way of Cain is obviously Cain who killed his brother Abel because he was jealous of the higher quality of his brother's sacrifice. Correct. Because uh, one was beans and the other was grain or something like that? No, one was meat. Oh. And yeah, the the good sacrifice was the meat. Yeah, that makes more sense. And Cain was just like trying to give God some like lentil stew. Right. And God was like, I'm not a vegan. <laughs> Please do not try to force this on me. And he's like, complete amino acids. <laughs> it's actually a much healthier lifestyle. <laughs> I'm a vegetarian, by the way, for all our listeners. Um, the sin of Balaam or the fault of what was it? The error, error of Balaam. Error. Thank you, Balaam's error, which sounds like a an episode of Star Trek. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had to look that one up because I remembered Balaam obviously because mm-hmm. he's one of my favorite characters from the Old Testament. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, just because of how weird that story is. It is a weird one. Uh, but I had forgotten the second part of his story. Mm-hmm. The, the first part. In the beginning of Numbers was the one that I remembered with the talking donkey. Um, yeah. And him talking to God, even though he wasn't a Christian and all that well, stuff. not a Christian, a Jew at that point. There Thank were no you. Christians yet. That's a really good point. Um, yeah. But the second part he of the He seemed sto- cool at first. He seemed cool at first. Because he was like a pagan, mm-hmm. but he still was talking to God and he wouldn't lie about what God said to him. That's right. Even though some evil king. Even though Balak wanted him to prophesy or prophesy rather that... Balak would win this war. How embarrassing. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to mention it, though. I bet that was really embarrassing. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for not um, embarrassing me in front of all our listeners. No I love super you, appreciate it. Um, yeah. So he seemed cool at first. But then. But then, I guess in a much later part of Numbers. No, it was like a little later. It was a little later? Yeah, it was like a few chapters later. Mm. Um, he sabotaged the Israelites as they were entering the promised land. Yeah, so he basically gave the Moabites advice. Oh, right. He he was the one who came up with the brilliant plan of enticing them with uh, false gods. Yes, which, which as as Balaam well knew, mm-hmm. is an extremely good way to sabotage them. But that's just that's just basic knowledge about the Israelites at yes. that point. I, like it seemed like this genius revelation when he was like, you know, you can just throw up a fucking just temp- throw up an Asherah pole. Yeah. See what happens. It doesn't even have to be an Asherah pole. Just any kind just of pole. any pole. And yeah. they'll start worshiping it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't even know these people. Right. They're extremely powerful when they have God on their side, but they are ready to abandon God at the first sight of any bush or grove mm-hmm. that looks vaguely holy. Which struck me as not the most extreme betrayal of the israelites it's it's like basic knowledge and also it puts you know the israelites weakness on show yeah it's like they're the ones that have to abandon god by worshiping like whatever crap they see but still that's that was his betrayal yes that was his error Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah it really it's like this classic old testament thing where it's like the israelites are so dumb and they deserve everything every punishment god heaps upon them but they're also God's chosen people. And if you fuck with them, you're going to get destroyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last thing is Korah's Rebellion. That is actually the... That's um, from Avatar. Yes. The last airbender. Yes. And that's when the Fire Nation rose up. No, I don't know. I've never actually seen Avatar the last airbender. But it is actually just the rebellion that uh, we mentioned a few minutes ago where uh, Korah led this rebellion against Moses oh. in the desert. Oh, well, I see. And uh, he and all his followers got plagued mm. to death. <laughs> moving on to jude verse 12 um 
the footnotes in my Bible helpfully explain these verses contain six graphic metaphors. Mm-hmm. All right. Are you ready for the graphic metaphors? Yeah. These people are blemishes at your love feasts. <laughs> Eating with you without the slightest qualm. Shepherds who feed only themselves. They are clouds without rain, blown along by the wind. Autumn trees without fruit and uprooted, twice dead. They are wild waves of the sea, foaming up their shame. Wandering stars for whom blackest darkness has been reserved forever. There's no illusions there. They're just trying to lead the church away from, you know, he's just saying like, don't do that stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't be bad. But that's, I mean, that's some great poetry. I agree. Foaming up their shame. Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you ever felt your shame foam up in public? It's very embarrassing. <laughs> Clouds without rain and trees without fruit. I love that it's like going back to this Old Testament imagery, you know, it's mm-hmm. there's always like, it's always so agrarian, mm-hmm. the metaphors in the Old Testament. I mean, obviously. In the New Testament as well. Yeah, yeah. But like, there's so much like personification of nature in the Old Testament. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, oh, the trees like shivered or whatever. And here it's like, yeah, clouds without rain. Can you imagine if you're living in like a desert type of area? A cloud without rain would just be like the worst thing, you know? It's true. It's like, you're like, just please, I need these crops. <laughs> I don't want to starve again this year. Uh, on that note, shall we take a break? Yes, we're going to take a break. You're going to hear some music, and we'll be right back with the thrilling conclusion to the Epistle of Jude. Bye. Wait. Welcome back to Sunday School Dropouts. We're talking about the book of Jude. Also, I'm Lauren. No, you're not. And I'm Nico. Well, now we're getting <laughs> this is This is new territory. Do you got any uh, Hey Jude jokes to, to slap on here? I mean, no. All right, me neither. Back to the text. Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about them. See, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone and to convict all of them of all the ungodly acts they have committed in their ungodliness mm-hmm. and of all the defiant words ungodly sinners have mm-hmm. spoken against him. So who is Enoch and where did he say this? Enoch is... Or like when? Or when. Yeah. yeah. Enoch is Noah's nephew? Great-grandfather. Great-grandfather. Yeah. Mm. Same thing. Pretty much. Um. Anyway, Enoch was a prophet that is not really like in 
the canonical Old Testament that much. Um, he's mentioned, but it's none of his prophecy is in there. Something like that. Um, but in the non-canonical book of Enoch, he gets to do all kinds of sweet stuff like visit heaven and the secret crystal castle. And he's the, the parlay fir- with the fuck angels. He's also the first person to write in the in the Ethiopian tradition, which is bad because that's a sinful thing that the angels brought down. But also it's good. Right. So because he, he gets to tell some sweet stories about meeting um, religious celebrities in heaven. <laughs> religious celebrities. Did I get it right? Did I get it right? Yes, and he's talking about the Day of Judgment in this passage. You know, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Book of Enoch is largely about this apocalypse is going to happen and Noah is this Messiah figure and, uh, the, you know, the flood is like the apocalypse. Got it. Uh, okay, Jude, what are we on? 16, 17, 17. These people are grumblers and fault finders. Mm-hmm. They follow their own evil desires. They mm-hmm. boast about themselves and flatter others for their own advantage. That's us. But That's dear, all us. But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in these last times, there will be. Oh, my God. What will there be? Scoffers. Uh-huh. Scoffers, baby, who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the people who divide you. Who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. Where have we seen this quote before? I think that's from Paul. Incorrect. What? This is from Second Peter. Second Peter. Chapter two. Oh. Which we covered in an episode a few weeks back, and at the time we we said something in the episode that we had read. Oh, there's some material here that's repeated in Jude, so mm. this might be spoilies. We had not yet read Jude at that point. I went back and read Second Peter chapter two, and it's like exactly the same. Like, okay, it, like the wording is slightly different, but it's just it's watch out for false teachers. They're like the evil fuck angels. Right. They're like Balaam. Mm-hmm. They committed Balaam's error. Mm. They're ruining your love feasts. They're following mere natural instincts, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> it's like we haven't had a good love feast in a while, by the way. <laughs> We're keeping that off the podcast. I thought we agreed. Um, so, yeah, it's very clear. One was copying the other. Apparently, scholars are divided on who copied whom. But uh, either way, bad form. Kicking you out of out of class. Giving you an F. Me? In this class for plagiarism. No, Jude. Or oh. Peter. Whew, I thought you were kicking me out of class. <laughs> I would never kick you out of class. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit... Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others, show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. Mm. What does it mean to hate even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh? Trick question. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) The NIV has a footnote here. And I was like, great, this footnote. They'll tell me what this means. And all it says is the Greek manuscripts of these verses vary at several points. <laughs> mm-hmm. So even the NIV footnotes are just like, meh, shruggy emoticon. Stain, hate even the clothing. The discussion of like clothing as opposed to flesh is is weird. It reminds me almost of Gnosticism mm-hmm. about how, how they make a separation between the body and the spirit. Yeah. And you can hate the body and exalt the spirit and whatever. Even though like proto-Orthodox yeah, Christians did the same thing just to... A slightly lesser extent. Right. Uh, something like that. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But in that case, it's confusing to me because like if the separation is between the body and the clothing and you're supposed to hate the clothing, which is on the outside. No, because yeah, the clothing is like the 
the body. Clothing is the thing that you cast off. Yeah. And the body is the spirit. No. Clothing is the body yeah, and the yeah. body is the spirit. Exactly. That makes perfect sense. It's just like in Hebrew, he is she and who is he mm-hmm. and me is who. Got it. That's just how they do things in the Bible. Uh, but then we end with a section titled Doxology. Mm-hmm. A doxology is a song or a prayer of praise to God. And this one says, To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. And that is the end of the epistle of Jude. Do you have any more any more facts to round out this this fact of Palooza? No. 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 So the podcast has now evolved into its final form where Lauren learns things and then asks me <laughs> and then like quizzes me on them. And then abandons you mm-hmm. to die in ignorance. Should we check out the boys' Bible? Yeah, there's at least one thing I'd like to read to you from the boys' Bible. All I right. love checking in on the boys' Bible in these short books because they really have to stretch. Yeah. They can't just like. There's nothing to dig into. They can't be like, well, this is an action-packed story full of twists and turns. Let's unpack some of that. Let's take a couple examples from the text to illustrate this point. Instead, they have to take some minor thing and blow it up really big, which is not that big. It's just a boy's Bible after all. But this is in the gross section. This isn't a a teen's Bible. No. (laughs) Or let alone a full-grown man's Bible. No. I wish we had a man's Bible in here. (laughs) We'd really get the true story. Crucifix. But, uh... This is in the call-out called Gross! Exclamation point. Gross. It's got an illustration of a skunk on it. Gross. Exile in the blackest darkness of hell, Jude 13, is worse than just being in the darkness of outer space, of course. <laughs> As we all, a, a common point of comparison that mm-hmm. we can all relate to. Blackest darkness is like being exiled inside a black hole where no light escapes. Black holes suck up entire stars like solar slurpees. Mm, solar slurpees, eh? I mean, I'm not sure that's... Gross, necessarily. The phrase solar slurpees is extremely gross. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, yeah. Hell is gross. <laughs> the, the extreme absence of God's love. And, ugh, gross. It's just gross. Black hole, no light escaping. Ugh, gross. Icky. There's also one more call out, which is the get deeper section. Okay. These are supposed to be little lessons about how to apply the... The, the lessons of the Bible in your daily life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can get cooler, get stronger, and get deeper. Those are the three things that the Boys Bible strives to teach you. As well as Daft Punk. <laughs> yes. Thank you for that pity laugh. I appreciate it. Most people only use 10% of their brain power. You probably know people who use even less. <laughs> you need brains to contend for the faith intelligently. Verse 3. This not only means correcting other Christians who spout wacky doctrines, but we contend for the faith by sharing Christ with non-Christians. The gospel gives us power to change people's lives, so we should pray for them to get saved. But guess what? Most of the time, God tells us to pray that Christians, including us, will get off our duffs, get out there, and share the gospel. God prepares people's hearts, but it's up to us to deliver the goods. Otherwise, how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them from Romans? God's power through the gospel can change lives. Let's share it with others. Um, could you go back to the part about wacky doctrines? Oh, totally. You need brains to contend for the faith. This not only means correcting other Christians who spout wacky, correcting wacky doctrines. Correcting other Christians who spout wacky doctrines. Mm-hmm. That's the new motto for this podcast. <laughs> I love that. It's so terrible. 
such a it's such a cute way to be like um they're going to hell yeah <laughs> and also they could cause other people to go to hell so which would be like so gross it's yeah it's super gross so i think that's about as much blood as we can wring from the stone yes. that is the epistle of jude yes um so we have to rate the book okay. in order to submit our podcast to the podcast archive uh-huh. you know we have to fulfill all of our own rules Metrics. and stipulations yeah um yeah the podcast archive such just such sticklers they've been on my and i'm just gonna say it ass recently <laughs> thank you for being so brave and saying that out loud mm-hmm. um i'm gonna give it three out of eight twice dead trees okay why um well first of all it's just plagiarized so <laughs> like that sucks mm-hmm. uh but it does add in at least it's better written. Mm-hmm. And I'm also very interested in the fact that it like alludes to all these apocryphal books and sort of it's just kind of this like tiny little glimpse into early Christianity and mm-hmm. how the canon wasn't settled yet. And, when the field was really wide open. And you could still be like, oh, yeah, in the book of Enoch, you know, there were these wicked fallen angels and everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. Uh, how about you? I think for similar reasons, I'm going to give it like 10 out of 14 grumblers and malcontents. Okay. Um, oh, fault finders is what mine had. Malcontents <laughs> is better. Yeah, there were a lot of alternate words in the NRSV. Uh, for example, the second line starts with dear beloved. Instead of? Dear friends. Oh, that was a little too racy for the NIV, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I read the um, the Tyndale translation as well, which is a pre-King uh, James version. Mm-hmm. And it said that uh, Sodom and Gomorrah chased after strange flesh. Ooh. Yes. I like that one. Hunting a little bit of that strange. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I like all the allusions to what we now consider non-canonical books. Like he's, like you said, I think that's fun. And it brings the evil fuck angels closer into the canon. It's like some wacky doctrines that you need to correct Christians about, you know. I mean, it kind of is, yeah. which is amazing that it ended up in the in the canonical group i guess it was rather disputed at the time yeah i mean you can see why because yeah. obviously it's just somebody copying second peter mm-hmm. but the poetry is nice yes and it's pretty brief agreed and it is more interesting than a bunch of the epistles true i so mean it gets points nowhere else in the entire world can you like read about satan trying to steal moses's dead body yeah so that's kind of cool there you go i think you just proved my point and you played yourself. <laughs> I rest my case. Mm-hmm. Shall we crack open the mailbag? Yeah, let's check what's in the bag. Listener John from Canada wrote in and said, I'm only on Micah so far, but I see you're almost caught up on Bibble. So I wanted to get in hopefully before the end. Congrats, John from Canada. You did it. Congrats. Uh, John says he still considers himself a Christian because he grew up in a reasonable church. Always glad to hear those exist. But, quote, whereas I once would have balked at people who don't read Bibble, I think it might actually be the best idea at this point. (laughs) Actually, reading the Bible is very cool and fun, and it is a good thing to spend all your free time doing and talking about constantly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nico, will you read the next letter? I will. Our listener Bailey wrote in to tell us he, or possibly she, uh, listens to the show during, quote, 14-hour shifts as a truck driver. Damn. They also gave us two dogs named Penny and Rocky Roo to bless. Rocky Roo. Rocky Roo to bless rocky roo as well as a leopard gecko named ava my brain ava roo mm-hmm. ava roo ava, ava roo, roo. <laughs> uh 
listener Greg sent us what looks like a little uh, Jack Russell mix named Lincoln to bless because, quote, he is very little and very old, but still thinks he is the boss of all the dogs. Classic little dog syndrome. He could be my dog boss any day. Dog boss, opening spring 2019. <laughs> we got an email from listener Rian, or Rianne, who likes discussing the show with her brother. They were both raised Christian but are no longer religious. 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 <laughs> religious Rue. <root. laughs> she also sent us a dog to bless named Louie, or Louis. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Louis Fru. He's a two-year-old rescue who likes cuddles, doing tricks, and jumping three times his own height from a standstill. Oh, what a good boy. Um, so our animals to bless are Lincoln, Penny, Rocky, Rue, Ava, and Louis or Louie. And the blessing is keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. That was a preachy blessing, but I didn't have a whole lot to choose from. <laughs> Anyway, they're good dogs. They're simply good dogs. They're good dogs. Plus good lizards. Mm -hmm. And that will do it for this week's episode of Sunday School Dropouts. Yay! You can follow the show on Twitter at SunSchoolDrop. Same deal on Facebook. You can follow Nico on Twitter at Nico Bakulich. N-I-K-O-B-A-K-U-L-I-C-H. You can follow Lauren on Twitter at Lauren E. O'Neill. O'Neill spelled like Shaquille does it. <laughs> As always, I thank Nico for music, sound engineering, and editing, and uh, we thank Elise Carlton for our beautiful logo. Uh, thanks to the RecordedHistory.net podcast network that we are now a part of. If you want to hear other shows about things that already happened, go to RecordedHistory.net. Uh, also, if you want to be a cool friend and boy like many others um, who did the best thing on earth that you can possibly do for another human being and rate our show <laughs> on iTunes. We would greatly appreciate that. And, of course, you can always email us with dogs or cats or any type of pet or any type of commentary at contact at sundayschooldropouts.lol. That is contact at sundayschooldropouts.lol, not .com. We'll be back next week with more Sandy Scap drop-offs. And, <laughs> and, and we'll learn the name of our own podcast. See you Sunday. Bye. Bye. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
buy rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.